Hello and welcome to Audionautic Deep Space Network episode 60. This is our weekly music production, technology, and marketing podcast. Today we're taking a look at some new plugins as well as what might be a prelude to what's to come with amp and synth models and emulations with AI. Kind of a trip. Uh, we've also got the latest, of course, in music marketing and a production round robin from Curtis today at the end. Thanks to everyone who's joining us live. Let us know what you've been up to this week in the chat. If any gears caught your eye, I saw they just announced the new MPC. It's like the X special edition. It's got that like retro gray color. Looks pretty cool. But that's not on the docket today because I just saw it. But uh, yeah, my name is Sun Warper and with me today is Eon. Like, how are you? Hello, I'm grumpy. Oh, well, that's the way we like it, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you grumpy about today? <laughs> I'm grumpy about VSTs today. Ooh. Yeah, they're supposed to be easier than hardware, and I've discovered a way that they're not. Tell so, us, do tell us more, sir. Well, <clears throat> planning a live set, I'm wanting to run one VST because I want to be easy on the CPU. I can't risk anything causing the set to jitter or whatever or any audio dropout and uh, I want to do program changes it's a bit of a weird thing I know but maybe a different sound on each track <laughs> I can't find a way of getting a VST to actually honor a program change when you send it to it they just don't seem to want to do it the way that hardware does and this is Ableton so, right yeah yeah. Chat, I know we've got some Ableton users. If anybody's got some help, let us mm -hmm. know in the it's comments. It's all there in the clips. You can set banks and program numbers and everything, and the VST just goes. <laughs> it's like that <laughs> John Travolta <laughs> meme, you know, where he's in yeah, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really throwing my head in. So I'm, I'm beginning to think i just going to have to take a small synth with me and use that instead. All right. Well, that that's not a bad idea, though. You could even take like a little Korg NTS-1, you know, that little yeah. just pocket size. Yeah. We got a, a few people yeah. in the chat just wanted to say hello to uh, Survey Channel and Thomas Auer. How are you guys doing? Uh, let us know in the chat. And also with us today is my Audionautic co-pilot, Curtis. What's going on? Yo, you all right? How you doing, mate? How I'm all right, doing? but we're asking how you are. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. Uh, it's been a hell of a week. Uh, yeah. Hell of a week. Lots of teching. Lots of like pushing buttons and like putting cables into spiders and putting those spiders into mixing desks and uh, making people sound lovely. And that's great. Uh, it's good fun. Like we spend a lot of time in the studio. And we spend a lot of time like turning knobs and turning things and doing things very delicately. So it's nice to get out. The sun is now shining, and to like just stand out in a big field with a mixing desk and like just tech. And when stuff goes wrong and stuff doesn't go uh, to plan, you just run with it. I love it. It's great fun. <laughs> you thrive in the chaos, right? Everything is chaos. Everything <laughs> is chaos. So, yeah. And, uh, loving that. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing. What about you, Samuel? What's that? Well, I've been, I've been in the chaos. I got my new laptop and I've been dealing with the chaos of VSTs, similar oh, yeah. to Eon Lake. Oh. And most specifically, iLock. Yeah, the fun of iLock because I was telling Curtis before we uh, we came live, my sound toys you get two activations right, and you know we always sing the praises of sound toys, and uh, apparently my activation obviously is on this desktop right here, and then I was trying to get it on the laptop. Well, there's an activation on my 2013 computer that I haven't had on in four or five years, and it doesn't work. 
So I had to send a thing. You can't just deactivate on iLock. You have to send a notice. You either have to have the computer operational to deactivate, or you have to send a notice through iLock to every single company that you use through iLock. And then each company has to say yay or nay to letting you deactivate that license. So I got a few back instantly, like probably the larger companies. And then Sound Toys took a few days, but I got it. So I was like, oh, thank thank mm -hmm. you, because I, I love Sound Toys. And uh, that would have been a big bummer uh, for the moment. But um, yeah, the computer's awesome. It's a MacBook Pro 2023, the M2. And I was surprised the speakers are crazy good. They got some serious low end. Like coming from a 2015 laptop, the MacBook Pro to this one, it is just night and day. It's crazy. Mm. There we go. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the the notion of uh, obviously Sound Toys is wonderful, and they have a great like sound to them. Sound has sound to them. Um, but there there is always a it's a it's a pain. Like I I still haven't done my Sound Toys effects rack since when oh. I'm since my new one and I mean I've been for, for like the saturator for example I've been losing the bliss the blias stuff that we got that's uh, yeah I got to download all of those still today I'm gonna do the yuhi because I need diva yeah. and I really want to test how many instances I got to do the diva test how many oh, instances cool. of diva on the m2 can I get running all at once that's what I want to see so I, I might post it on like my stories or something also want to say hey we got uh Jason with a nice wave in the chat what's going on Jason uh we hello dude uh I'd like to see all right I'd like the people in the chat if you're listening here uh hi it's nice to see you how many instances of, on diva can we get on a macbook pro 2023 with an m2 chip has Real anyone guess. got any guesses any guesses of how many divas some warper can get before his computer just goes no <laughs> hopefully it doesn't just explode <laughs> isn't diva the one that's modular and you can slot in bits from various famous synths that's, uh, that's zebra that's zebra, right. I think. okay um, so uh, one instance of diva is a set amount of cpu right yeah yeah i'm thinking something like 15 to 20 15 to 20 okay mm. uh, we've got 15 to 20 all right uh We've got, okay, we'll give the chat a second. I'm thinking, I'm a bit more optimistic. I'm thinking something like 30, 35. That's Survey Channel's I'm... got you beat with 55. Yeah. yeah. Well, Thomas says uh, depends on the patch. So, yeah, Ooh, that's very yeah. true. I'm going to try to do one of their stock ones that are is pretty intensive because I just want to see out of curiosity what we can get. Oh, Thomas says 35. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll, see. Say, I, we'll see. I do hope that Survey Channel is right and there is 55 and that that would be absolutely amazing. I really do hope it's that. Um, just in the sense of like, can you imagine 55 instances of Diva or in your chain? That would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> Easier than in the sense in your studio, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Tune in next week and we'll find out, I suppose, that's what's going to happen. Um, cables alone. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, hello to everyone in the chat. It's lovely to see you. Survey Channel, Thomas, Jason. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, thank you ever so much for joining us today. And J-Bell as well is in the chat as well. Uh, with what seems to be... Trophy yellow smiling. It does come up on the actual YouTube yeah. feed, just not on our StreamYard feed, which is interesting. Um, J-Bell, you've just tuned in. We're in, we're in the idea of... Uh, how many instances of Diva can someone forget on his brand new uh, M2 2023 MacBook Pro? Yeah, let us know. Um, okay, 
Is there anything that we need to do to do before we get into the news? Is there anything we've missed, or should we go ahead? No, let's get into the news. Okay. okay. All right. Um, we'll start with the one at the very top, just because I mean that's the best way to do these things sometimes. Um, we have a brand new instance of uh, uh, we have a brand new. Hang on, the slides. I'm trying to talk and bring up the presentation at the same time, and it's obviously not working for me. Um, there we go. Um, we have a brand new uh, thing coming out of our favorite uh, our favorite plugin company waves audio and we all know how much we all love waves uh but <laughs> um, we, we had a, everyone had their disdain for waves a few weeks back well for the subscription rollout yeah. that was going to reduce the, the no more buying of individual plugins that yeah. was the big controversy the plugins are cool though i like them it's just the uh those that was issues. subsequently backtracked we should yeah say. yeah definitely yeah. it was you can I don't know if they've rolled out the being able to purchase individually again. They said they were working on it. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, and J-Bell uh, saying 10 to 15 for Diva. So we'll okay, see. 10 to 15. All right. We'll have to see. We'll have to tune in next week. Um, uh, so, all right. So this is their new Super Rack Performer, um, which is a, an application which you plug directly into a mixing console. This one, the, this is the Behringer X32, I believe. Um and uh, basically allows you to uh, change and install and create different effects chains on different channels using your computer, essentially. Mm. So it uses it as like this software um, effects rack, which allows you to process in a live capacity and allows you to change through different songs and different ideas. You have different presets. Um, it's a really interesting way. You can run up to 64 stereo plugin racks um minimal latency if you're doing it in a live show um or anything like that um and it's basically this app that's built for live streaming so you can take your laptop in a into a gig or into a club or wherever you are playing you can plug into the local console it can patch up with uh your different channels on the mixer itself be it vocals guitar or whatever and allow you to manipulate and change in the box as opposed to cutting everything around with you it's a wonderful little idea, and it's only for a hundred dollars, which I thought was quite interesting. So I wanted mm -hmm. to bring it to your attention. Um, I haven't seen anything else like this. I might be ignorant, but I haven't seen anything else like this. Yeah, I'm like, what do you think about it? What do I think? That's what I was wondering, really. What do I think about this? <laughs> I suppose it gives you the opportunity to use your laptop as additional effects processing. On a live setup, is that something you want to do a lot? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I put, perhaps it's a bit niche, but then again, it's not one of those things, like you say, it's not priced out of, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's quite cheap. So even if you have a slight use for it, it's not an absolute killer. Um, the fact that it creates a host to run Waves plugins is a bit interesting. Um just because of the issues that I've had with licensing and stuff in the past, I think I'd be more excited about it if it was someone else. <laughs> so Sorry, because mate. it's waves, it's no, it's because it's yeah. waves. It yeah. I mean, it's like someone was said at the beginning, I had the similar issues with um, keys on a dead machine and having to contact people and so on. Sound toys sorted me out with mine. All the ones I really liked, I managed to get transferred, and the Waves ones, I just gave up in the end, and uh, don't use them anymore. I don't know. It's interesting. 
It's interesting. I don't know about they say also about getting your light your your studio sound live as well. I'm thinking about what it would take to actually port that, you know, because most of it is done differently in the studio, or is it? I don't know. If you <laughs> I'm not a waves user, I doubt it's ever gonna be <laughs> useful to me. But I suppose it could be if if you rely on those plugins a lot and you want to be able to take them live with you and you've got a board that will support it. I already feel like I've said if a few <laughs> times there, you know. Well, again, we're just reading through this real quick. So some of these things may be possibilities. Yeah. This is just Curtis brought it to the table. And we're I like talking, the fact so. that the connectivity is just USB. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And real quick, talking about like, are there other alternatives and things like that? Uh, Survey Channel says it sounds kind of like Analog Lab. I'm not familiar okay. with that, but um, maybe that's something. And uh J-Bell, I, I missed this. Uh, you said, how would you play the music, though? What is that in reference to? Sorry. It, the chats were piling up, so I missed that. And David is in the chat. He says, hi, hey, everyone. David, welcome. What's going on? Nice one. Nice one. Um, I, I, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, Sam Waffle, what do you make of it? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see much, for me, need for it. Like, I, for my live stuff, I've been translating or switching more and more to just the SP or just an SP and like a circuit sending some MIDI to one synth or something like that. Like mm -hmm. the less I have to worry about the better. Cause like it just, I'd rather fit like one thing that doesn't cost like my laptop was a lot of money. I'd rather not bring that anywhere, you know, to do anything. So just have like a, an SP and, uh, and go from there. Yeah. What that. about you, Curtis? You brought it to the table. What did you think about this? I think it's interesting. I think um, I've been doing a lot of I've been doing a lot of tech in recently. I've been doing a lot of sound engineering that on the fly and stuff like that. And you know, uh, you know, sound engineering for other bands, and they've all got a sound and something like that. So having the ability just to rock up and go into any desk, be it from wherever, and then instead of having to reroute the club and reroute everything through my laptop or anything like that, just kind of clip it in as an addition. And so, you know, I've got my vocal chain, I've got my guitar chain for the band that I'm working for, that kind of thing. And I, then I can switch that through. I kind of like that idea. It's a shame that it's linked purely to Waves. I understand, obviously, why it's a Waves product. It makes sense that it's only on Waves. And in contention with the idea of uh, having a subscription-based service to Waves, it feels like they're trying to put you in a little bit of a box that I'm less happy about. But the notion of, you know... For example, I went to see Henge the other week. I went to see Henge the other week. A great little weird-ass progressive rock band who are all claiming to be aliens. And they use a lot of they use a lot of effects. Like, you know, everything's everything is synthesized, everything is sound design, even the vocals to a degree. They all have either auto-tune or they have some sort of doubler or some sort of anything, right? Instead of having necessarily to do that on stage, if you could do that all behind you so they could just focus on being the entertainment that would be that's an interesting idea to me so i for that read that's kind of why i brought it to the table because i think that's a, it's a bit unique it's a bit different in that regard and mm. it's i suppose it's less of a producer's tool than it is a, uh, an engineer's tool but i don't know i like the idea of say we were to do like an audio nautic live event for example you know and you know we have a big nudge nudge is that wink, the... wink, nudge nudge <laughs> And if we were to do something like that, and then we were to have kind of like sound checks and stuff like that, and things where everyone's got something like, we always talk about like, for example, how Survey Channel has a sound, 
and like you know you hear something and that is survey channel and it's wonderful for what it is you know and then to be able to recreate that uh for as an engineer for survey channel uh, in relation to everything else that everyone has a good time i don't see that as necessarily as a bad thing i see that's a great thing yeah uh, I'm, I'm no it's, i mean it's a it's a very cool concept i guess it's the application here that we mm. are are there with uh real quick so j bell says what what he meant about the how would you play the music he says say i plug in my waves vst to a mixer how do i perform i need a controller so this correct me if i'm wrong curtis but this is kind of different to what that what you're thinking about jbell correct like this is creating an environment of plugins that you would use to recreate your sounds live mm. correct curtis like yeah. if you use uh distortion and things like that you have all of these there so you can create this environment that would mimic how you do it in the studio um curtis you can elaborate because presumably you, you, just copy it over right exactly yeah that's what i mean just like you'd have the exact same environment like mm. your studio plugin environment that you recorded all these songs with would all be right there with you. So I guess it's just if you're like trying to do live things or like you said, Curtis, mm. if you're engineering. Ian, like, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. I was just thinking that your sound is quite processed and the, and the tools that you've used to create that sound are Waves plugins, then mm. you could presumably take that with you. I suppose it's the, the, the issue of like another laptop you know, sat there doing that while presumably you're doing something else. Maybe you don't need a laptop to play live. Yeah. And then or anything, but yeah. Survey channel says uh, analog lab is by Arturia. Oh, nice. Let's you control all the synth collection soft synths with parameters, groups, all the patches, etc. He said, mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel overburdened and overwhelmed by hardware. Yeah. I mean, I get like that with, with plugins, just like trying to download all of these things. And uh, it's, it's, I can see it either way for sure. And David says he's feeling the same. And uh, yeah, he says he was looking, David also says, I was looking at Blue Cat Audio Patchwork, basically a host for VST and FX plugins, save settings, but you need a computer. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm. well, I, I like it again. So who's the dude for, who's the, I, you, I know everyone, I'm going to get a ton of hate for this question, but um, who's, uh, Kirk Hammett? No, not Kirk Hammett. Who's the who's the lead guitarist for Metallica? I can't remember his name. Kirk Hammett. Yeah. Oh, he's you were right the first time. Oh, it's yeah. James Hetfield. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's cool. the, the rhythm. Yeah, and singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy. So okay, so Kirk Hammett. He doesn't have his pedals on stage. His no. techie, his techie does his pedals. A lot of people don't. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. I, I suppose this is just the elect the electronica version of that. Um, in that regard, instead of instead of someone manipulating vocals on stage with a with a Roland whatever it is, a VR4 or whatever they call it. You know, you've got someone at the back who's kind of doing that for you. And I suppose it's that kind of thing, um, which you can then change in and out. I, yeah, that's the yeah I mean, it seems pretty cool, especially for the price. But yeah, I guess if it's only for Waves plugins, it's a bit limiting. Well, but yeah. Hopefully, hopefully there might be a little bit of a pushback and maybe they'll open it up a little bit. You never know. Um, we'll see. But yeah. Um, I like the also uh, uh, so I said uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. That for the be... Metallica guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm ask you to change his name legally by Depot. <laughs> yeah. Um, let us know what you think of that. Uh, maybe I'm the only one that's excited by that. I don't know. Uh, I think that's quite cool. Um, but we can see. Um, yeah, that's what we can see. Um, so very much so. So we have a lot of our patrons in the chat, which is lovely to see. So thank you ever so much. It's lovely that you're here. Um, our patrons are lovely to be give them the support that they give us. And we really appreciate the time. If you guys who are not patrons like what we do, um, we'd really consider 
becoming a patron uh because it starts at two dollars as you can see we are using this uh Streamyard application which has been very very uh well found by some warper and he's doing all this these flickety dickety things when you know we're just yes, me, the me, flickety dickety. yeah that's that's <laughs> that's in the credits in the uh, description yeah <laughs> he's doing all that stuff right and uh we know that you guys love it um we know that we uh it allows us to do a lot more with what we're doing and we are currently doing a bit of a unofficial pledge uh or drive i suppose is a better word where we're trying to get to or pledge drive why not combine them pledge drive. yeah why not fuse, <laughs> fuse these things together um synthesis man <laughs> yeah uh but yeah basically we're trying to get the pro version which is something that we're trying to do at the moment you can stream in hd um 1080p sorry um also it gives us the ability to have second cameras now you guys in our patron chats and on our discord would like to see more content of us doing things in the DAW and like say, this is how I do this and this is how I do that. We can do that if we do StreamYard Pro. So if you like what we do and you aren't uh, pledging at all, you can in the description if you want to. We love your support. We love you just tuning in. No, uh, don't, no, don't make doubt about that, but we would uh, greatly appreciate your support. Yeah, definitely. The links are in the description, patreon.com slash audionautic. You also get additional meetups we have these star stream patron hangouts where we hang out with the patrons uh over on our discord in a video chat and talk about all kinds of things kind of if somebody needs help with certain things daws just talk about gear whatever last time we did a little bit of a um talked about what was coming on the next adsn we had not nam 20 23 so we were going over all that stuff and we had a lot of fun with that you also get exclusive discord channel exclusive twitter chat um, and a bunch of other stuff. You can check out all the perks in the description or patreon.com slash audionautic. And there's also a PayPal if you just want to help us get that stream yard, uh, but don't want to be in a monthly subscription or anything like that. Very much so. <clears throat> yeah. Um, what's next? What is Ida Samwapa? Uh, this is cool. Yeah. So, so I saw this, uh, right before we went live today, but it was way too cool to not mention. So it's Ida DSP AI amp simulation. So it's kind of trippy. Uh, it's free, but there's a little bit of a catch to that. So it's, uh, let me go to the stream so we can check it out. So yeah, it's, this is on a piece of hardware that they made it, they teamed up with mod to create this. So it's a part of this, it's amp simulation, but you can also get the actual plugin for free. But with the free plugin, you either have to model your own sounds or download some from the community. But what's cool is, um, oh, they will be adding paid amp sims, it appears, later. They've got it somewhere on the website. Um, so in their words, they said, neural modeling is a breakthrough technology that utilizes machine learning algorithms to analyze and emulate the complex behaviors of real-world audio equipment. By training neural networks, we can create accurate and dynamic models of guitar amps, cabinets, pedals, and more. The result is a level of realism and detail that was previously impossible to achieve with traditional modeling methods. Ida X is a neural model player, allowing it to load neural models of music gear, which you can then play through. Its main intended use is to provide high fidelity simulations of amplifiers, but here's what I wanted to bring to the table. However, it is possible to run entire signal chains consisting of any combination of amplifier, cabinet, distortion, drive, fuzz, boost, EQ. So, uh, you guys, a lot of the patrons and people on the show know that Curtis and I are both guitarists and Eon like plays a lot of synths and we love 
amp modeling and things like that. And I thought this was really cool, first of all, for guitar, because like Curtis uses a uh, Strymon Iridium, right? Which is an amp cabinet modeler. And then I use guitar rig, but there's always something kind of missing. And so this is a cool way that with the AI, it's kind of, as it's being played and stuff, working on creating these more accurate, realistic portrayals of an amp and the responses of things and stuff like that. And it just got me thinking and why I wanted to bring this to the table. Is this where we might see synth modeling go or impulse responses with emulating rooms and reverbs and things like that? Or like, you know, we all love analog gear, right? But what if an AI, while it's, while a soft synth is being used, can emulate some of these like randomizations and things like that, that we get in these. So it's like, is this something we could see more of in the electronic world. So Ian, like, what do you think? I think yes. Okay. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> <please>. night, everyone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's inevitable. Um, uh, if it's a more, uh, you know, if you can come up with more ways of accurately modeling things, or even if you can just say that on paper, I think it's the nature of business that you end up, you know, I think mobile phones are a good example. It just turns into some silly stat war in the end where it's like, well, our camera's got this and your camera's got that. And nobody really cares. Everyone takes amazing pictures. But, you know, these things go on. And I think if you think of the companies that are out there that are already trying to do, you know, really, really clever sample modeling and so on, where they've got multiple hits, you know, multiple samples for each note and so on, and creating some very realistic instruments as a result. And then if you think also of MPE control and the, the number of different articulations you want to have on that sound and so on, there's got to be a large case for using AI and making things sound more real or, or be able to do more complex things, more complex calculations, being able to handle, handle more um, source sounds and blend them in ways that we're not able to do. I think it's just kind of inevitable, really. This has got to be the thin end of the wedge, I think. And it help. It will help with things like convolution, like you say. I mean, you should get some very realistic um, sounding environments. It's going to be really fun to abuse them and get lo-fi stuff out of it. But just imagine like piano emulations right like having all of these different dynamics in there that you can control or that the ai can yeah. kind of go through and and uh all the choice that can happen with it uh, i mean it, it sounds like it's early days and things like that as all of this is but i mean this is kind of a cool application of it i think it's like, like a, a four by ten cabinet with one slightly knackered speaker in it you know it's emulations <laughs> like that i mean real real world where you yeah don't yeah necessarily too you know, uh, clean and so on, you know? Definitely. Curtis, we'll get your take in a second. I just want to say hello to our label mate, FCC. He says, hey, guys, what's going on, FCC? How you doing? Uh, Curtis, you're a guitarist. You use some emulation plugins. What do you think about the plugin itself? Uh, I think uh, I like the way it's open source. And I like the way that it's completely free, uh, that I always like free, and I always like open source. Uh, information should be free. Um, I think it's awesome. I think I, there's there's no pushbacks. Again, I, I echo what you're saying, Ian Lake. Into, like, you're, you can really personalize it in the sense that I'm thinking about my JCM 2000 that's in my mum's garage back home in England. Not, there's no way I'm bringing it over. That's what here. I have. You yeah. got a JCM 2000? I do, yeah. I do. The, yeah. the three or the two? Uh, the three channel or the two channel? 
two channel, I think. Okay, mine's the three. I was like, man, we're almost exact. Almost, well, we are almost, almost exact. We, that's Wait, cool. But I think, it's the same, I think it's the same, uh, the same two, like the same two channels are in that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. Well, that that's it. I the having that I could emulate. There's no way that I'm bringing that over from Prague, for example. <laughs> uh, sorry, from the UK to Prague. Um, I'm just not doing it. But I love that tone, and it's the it's mm. the it was the last time I was truly happy with my guitar tone. So imagine being able to take that specifically and emulate that and to near perfection. I would love to be able to do that. Um, I've seen a few others coming across. I'm I'm not quite sure. The extent to which they're doing ai but i have seen so spectre studios did a thing about it a couple of weeks ago but i mean i'm all for the the inclusion of ai in music and kind of where that going and where that could possibly take us so like you say it's early days but it's exciting really exciting like, it could be really cool to hear it though don't we yeah yeah, yeah there there is some examples on youtube uh there's one guy that's playing through it it sounds pretty cool i mean i always I use amp simulation, but I always feel like it's just kind of missing something, uh -huh. especially when you get in the more distorted realms. This one, I mean, I was listening on the new MacBook speakers, so it wasn't headphones, wasn't my monitors, but it sounded pretty good. Uh, we can we can put a link in the comments after this showing uh, one of the demos that they put up. Yeah. I mean, it's free to download, so we can, you know, Thanks, get it I ourselves and check it out. Um, and but even cooler, like with the cabinet simulation and room simulation or potential that you could get with it. Imagine like I like to put convolution reverbs on my synths, right? Or mm -hmm. if I bust all my synths into a room or the drums, just imagine if you could have this AI nuanced controlled impulse response that could, you know, just be more nuanced into it. It could be really cool. Uh, David in the chat says, I think Bad. we will drive ourselves crazy with choices, but it's probably coming. I think it's one of those things where you kind of have to just choose a couple things and like yeah. focus on it right like, like that's like, that's like kind of what i've done like i know yeah. we talk about all kinds of gear and a lot of gear but like other than eon like curtis and i don't typically change our gear all that much like we focus oh. in on a specific thing and even eon like who likes to get different kinds of gear he focuses yeah. in on things and uh, look at his live set he kind of narrowed it down and got there uh mm. bendu is in the chat what's going on bendu how are you hey man hi um, I think, yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? You, you find your tone, you pick your tone, you'll keep you the tone. Like, um, uh, like I've got the setting on my Iridium, which is the emulating the Marshall stack. Because, I mean, if you're going to choose between a Vox, a Fender, and a, and a Marshall, you're going to choose Marshall. Um, I, 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 I don't know, man. Well, well, there you go. We'll have that. Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's another debate I, from the other day. I, I'd probably go Fender, but... I don't well, know. that's fair. I, I, that's fair. That's Can I say fair. that with no Fender behind? Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've always liked my Marshall. I've always liked yeah. my Marshall tone and my Marshall stack. A uh, metalhead through through. Uh, What's I mean, the I know Marshall in there? Is it an eight hundred? I believe so. I believe it's an eight hundred. I believe yeah. I, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's the beefiest sound I've got on that, and it's nice. And I really with me. I'm a Fender, Fender guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I think if I, I think I'm if I'm. You're a what? You're a post guy. Yeah, both, yeah. <laughs> Have them one on each side of the stage, right? Running stereo. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> orange in there. Oh, oranges are nice, man. Um, oh, mess is pretty good too. I do find, yeah, I, I do find the the Fender works for when I plug the bass in. Um, mm. but, uh, the it's a bit too muddy otherwise, but 
that's that's another that's another thing for another day um but yes i echo what thomas is saying orange is also nice and what you guys yeah and david says fender for my guitarists yeah yeah i get that orange are they gonna sell a physical box well it's part of this mod that did i let me go back curtis go Oh, I hit remove. Hold on. Let me go here. Go. Curtis, There's go the open up. source plugin. That's free. But yeah, scroll actually... up. There's a. I think it's up, Curtis, on this uh, thing you're sharing. Uh, There's a. Funny. Yeah, that's it. That's the actual physical. It's from mod. Yeah. And by physical, I mean it looks like a digital thing, but it's it's a physical piece of uh, of gear. So yeah, it. They, so mod teamed up with them and made it, but then the actual plugin version is open source. Well, there we go. So that's that. Let's. Wouldn't mind a bit of that. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind a bit of that. I mean, I love that design of the box itself, and I love. Let me go back to it. Hold the on. Color scheme. Um, yeah, it's cool. Well, let's face it; you can put anything through it. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Is imagine putting synths through it. it vocals. A bus drum, of yeah, a bus of vocals anything. or something. Yeah, uh, J Bell. It's an AI pedal, but it's also a plugin. So. Yeah. And and by yeah. pedal, I mean it, they added this to this mod dwarf. So uh, we, yeah, I don't. I'm not familiar with the mod dwarf. Again, we I just saw this before the episode and wanted to bring it up more for the mm. conceptual discussion of this AI yeah. in effects and stuff. But yeah, so the mod dwarf is the physical part. It's a pedal. It looks like it's some sort of like amp simulation, like mm. a Kemper or um, what's that other one? There's another one that I'm blanking on. And then there's the free plugin version that you can download that's open source so yeah i get it um it looks it looks lush it looks awesome it looks great um it does as yeah, thomas, thomas says say. that looks cool i'm assuming the plugin is stereo i'm not sure and uh it looks like there may be stereo out on the pedal so yeah oh look at that look at that visualizer coming through. it's loading hold on uh i don't know if it's a guy so yeah there uh, we go so yeah that's in and yeah. then there's out yeah yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. there's USB and all that stuff. So yeah, got, midi, got mini, 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 <laughs> yeah, mini, midi. Uh, you've got control chain, twelve volt, and you've got USB as well, and headphones as well. So you can literally have that as a box, have it as a little jam box. That's Does it show price? J Bell's asking price. We're uh, I'm not I'm sure. in the region of four hundred pounds. Just maybe like yeah, four fifteen ish in some places. It doesn't say. I can't see it here. Let me, if we move on to the next segment, I'll have a little Here, I'll, I'll, I'll go, go ahead and start, start the next <laughs> If I move, yeah, if I move. Yeah, no CV next, out. Then. True, Thomas. <laughs> yeah. free. Uh, it looks like it's 529 USD. That's not, it's one of those For boxes. The mod dwarf, yeah. Yeah, it looks like you buy it and then you'd never need another one, that kind of thing. Which is, again, if you look at a Kempo, which I believe is what, about 1,500, two grand USD? Oh, yeah, if, if not more, yeah. Yeah. Um, that completely undercuts any of that, and it's but I don't know what its limitations are or anything like that. This is uh, this is all just speculation here beyond the price. The price, according to this Google search, is five twenty nine USD. But yeah, I mean, it looks like it can do quite a bit, and uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. I'm down. And then having this AI bit in there, pretty interesting. In the name of Edge, look, it spins. Um, <laughs> so that's awesome. So yeah. <laughs> oh, frequency control center has a good point about vox you can't yeah. beat the smell of a very hot ac30 though ai can't do that yet maybe it'll add smell simulation as well yeah like a, like a 4dx experience yeah. kind of it thing. just it's comes up with like a warning you know tubes are overheating fake tubes like are overheating <laughs> i like that um 
Well, like we say, after we after the show, we'll put the put the sound demos that we have here uh, in there uh, in the chat, so you can see. Um, but yeah, that's the mod dwarf. Um, if anyone ends up buying it, um, <laughs> please let us know. Yeah, or if you download the Ada, the Ada plugin, yeah. let us know. Um, yeah. it, I I might grab it, but uh, oh. I don't know if I need another plugin to deal with trying to get into incorporate it between two computers at the moment. So I'm going to throw that to Curtis while he while he does that. I'll have a look. Yeah, and uh, J Bell it is it basically it's a guitar pedal. Yeah, in physical form. But that doesn't mean it's just for guitar. It's a it's just a pedal. You could throw anything through it. So yeah. So as long as it takes a uh, big jack, as long as it takes a big jack, or big even jack, MIDI, yeah. uh, <laughs> MIDI, USB, does it all. Uh, oh, I don't know if it has USB audio, though. I'm not sure. It's, it's got it USB 2.0, and it's got USB. So I take that as it does. Um, it does give you that ability, too. So I, I don't, Survey I, Channel says uh, Sun Warper should buy this, I think. I will happily take <laughs> donations. If anybody wants to send it my way, I'll give it a demo. <laughs> That's again, if we get if we keep growing, then people can send us this stuff. We can demo it, let you know. And um, Thomas says, Does it have AI? Yeah, the pedal is using this ADA that mod teamed up with ADA, so it's in that pedal. Yeah, so it's the modeling, isn't it? That is, yeah. The, yeah so, so, well, well, if, if you guys are interested in this pedal, because this is not what we're covering today, this is it was the ADA plugin and kind of the yeah. concept of AI. If you guys are interested in this pedal, let us know. We'll do it actual look into the pedal and talk about it next week i don't want to give any sort of false information or anything like that so uh just yeah that we're just more covering the conceptual idea of this adding ai to emulations and and what kind of future that presents for sound design mm. yeah very much so um there's one more comment from uh but it's not sentient i like that, comment, yeah. <laughs> I, like that. I hope it's not yeah, <laughs> at some point it could become sentient and change oh, your be... it'll change which amp you have on the fly and you'll be like wait no. this is clean yeah. i need it distorted <laughs> you're you're playing a chord progression and you play a bum note and what it does is go, oh i hate that it. i'm gonna yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's delay for days it's changing your sound your, your guitar sound is so last year i've yeah, yeah, yeah. changed it for you uh, i heard you i heard you like guitar cab so i gave you another guitar cab, on top of your guitar cab. <laughs> yeah um but um I'm not sure, J-Bell. J-Bell has one more comment. Uh, I wonder if my plug-in MIDI controller and plug my headphones in, would it be like a synth? I don't think so. Uh, no, I believe it's just an amp emulation, so it's not a synth plug-in. It, it seems like there's no plugins. You would still need to send the audio from a plug-in, it sounds like, into it or something, like get it out from your computer into that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's where we're going with that one. But, yeah, so that is the ADA um it's really nice our mm. our final piece of news for the day um it's another quite futuristic one i suppose um this is the news coming out of uh what are they called um well this is the new stardust 3d by sound part sky dust right sky dust what did i say stardust i think I i'm I, I, i'm not even paying attention to what i'm it's coming rogue out one man head. it's right one <laughs> <laughs> Why pay attention to what I'm saying on my show? Like, you know. Um, but yeah, this is that so basically sound particles have introduced uh the first VST plugin, which uh you can sound design in 3D. So previously we have new things coming out like Dolby Atmos, which allows you to have like binaural beats and sounds and cinematic going all over the cranium and stuff like that. Um, this is taking it one step further 
and allowing us to do that in the VST itself, um, which is a really cool concept. Like um, being able to have an arpeggiator because it has arpeggiators and sequences built in, for example. Um, imagine having that and panning that. Yeah, not bouncing around. Right, but bouncing around everywhere, you know. And we can do that all within the VST itself. I haven't done any actual mixing through anything that gives you Dolby Atmos or anything, but this is something that I'd be really interested in. It's kind of taking it one step back um, and allowing you to create a 3D effect. Now, whether you're doing commissioned work for cinema or whether you're just having a nice Saturday evening with your gear at home, this seems like a lot of fun. It seems like a lot of fun. Mm. It's got eight, eight oscillators, each with 3D position per note. Um, we've got, I know, right? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start layering drones already. I'm never yeah. Man, yeah. Um, you've got uh, a matrix for maximum flexibility, with ultimate power. You've got effects, pitch, filter, frequency modulation, arpeggiators, and presets. But also, they have a randomizer to create the Bob Ross effect, happy accidents. Yeah. Um, this comes in two forms. You can get it for 300 bucks for the spatial audio, um, and which is this this kind of matrixy thing that we're seeing here. But also, if you want just the stereo version, it's 149. So okay. see how you get on, do what you want. But for 300 bucks, 3D audio, go, Sunwarper. That's pretty cool. I mean, it, it's like this whole episode is all the concepts yeah. are so interesting, right? Like, even if it's not the specific piece of gear or software it's like the idea of these things coming out and there may have been these things like this before like 3d synths and things like that but i am just loving where all of this stuff is going you know right like just i'm on the ride right I'm, I'm here for the ride just to see where all of this stuff expands and evolves and changes it just seems like an interesting time like david says very interesting i can just imagine like eon lake was saying putting multiple drones or like binaural type things with slightly off pitch and things like that or just like trancing out with different like make an arpeggio right but each note is moving around the stereo field or the spectrum or the 3d field it's pretty crazy yeah Eon, like what, what's your take similar to yours i think i'm find myself wondering what what you need as well as that to experience it at its best because it's what eight different positions you can have I'm just thinking, how does it, what does it mix down to? How do you listen to it? You know? I, yeah, that's a good question. If anybody in the chat knows, let us know. I'm not super familiar with Dolby and like surround stuff. And things I like love that. the Maybe. idea of, of incorporating spatial audio into the actual sound creation itself and giving it a, a load of position movement, you know, so when your tonal changes can move in different 3D zones, it's very interesting yeah i wonder what else you'd need to fully appreciate it but probably a, a good surround speaker setup or headphones that do 3d audio right yeah, yeah. you'd need to have the hardware on the back end to be able to yeah. it and listen to it effectively mm. but if that's the way you're going and if you do if you if you are an, if you are an artist and you, you're trying to get into commission work or you even you do commission work this kind of thing is becoming more and more uh popular and more and more useful um so i mean that's just fun on the back end of it really if you've got the ability to do that um i'd like to see it um come through i mean 
for 300 bucks, I think I'd rather save up to get like the expressive E, which I know is a lot more, but that's kind of where my, my goal mm -hmm. would be uh, from last week. But well, J Bell says there's a bunch of free VSTs that let you push music to 3D. Uh, J Bell, are, is that for mixing or is that actually like a synth that you could do 3D? Cause that's kind of, uh, it, that's, what this thing is doing is one dedicated synth that can do the 3D rather than you make it all in stereo and put it through this. Not that, that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just curious whether it's like the after or the actual application can do it. And then he also says he thinks one of them is called Ambio. I've got it here, yeah. Uh, I've just I've just brought it up. So it is a thing. Again, so yeah, we do have these like 3D emulator kind of things. I think I think the notion of this matrix that we brought up before again was that idea that you can place it and put it in. I don't I don't know how much this Ambio does a thing. Uh, J Bell did a lot of stuff in university, so he, he knows a lot more than me. But I think the mm. I I like the idea of being able to do it in instead of taking something and then just it's like I suppose stereo width stereo width isn't it like taking mm -hmm. a, something mono and then widening it with stereo width this is like getting in something and making it in stereo in the first place i think for mm -hmm. me at least there's always that difference between taking a mono and turning it stereo and then right. actually recording in stereo or taking a load of point sources or even stereo sources and putting them in different fields yeah. with a multi-speaker setup but mm -hmm. this is a way of generating a sound mm -hmm. that occupies all of those spaces and yeah. can move between them as well so you're doing it right from the word go rather than making a load of sounds and panning them from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like doing it for one dedicated, like, oh, I have an arpeggio and you can just do it. Like this note goes on the left. This note goes in the center. This goes up. Mm. This goes down rather than you'd have to have multiple tracks, right? That's doing yeah. one note each of those. So, yeah. Or softer in front, louder behind and stuff like that. After touch, you know, all of these things. Yeah. Mm. yeah, certainly got me thinking. Anyway, yeah, that's what we're here for. If we're thinking, we're learning. That's the main point. <laughs> Together okay. we grow, right? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so that is our news for this week. If there's anything we've missed, uh, we'd love for you to let us know. We are just a couple of dudes who like to surf Synthopia frantically every morning when we wake up. I can't speak for Sun Warper, but basically, that's my... you. You just said a couple <laughs> of dudes, but but that's you. I I like to I like to branch out scroll youtube <laughs> every so often yeah so yeah so if there's anything we missed is there anything that is uh, happening we are in nam season so we're well aware of the fact that there's lots of stuff coming out right now let us know um it's on our discord which is also a lovely burgeoning community as well um if i while we're on the topic of it um so yeah let us know because oh real quick jason uh yeah we're talking about submit hub right now actually that's, that's the next thing on the topic um yeah, he said, thought you were talking about Submit Hub. That's why we tagged. Yeah, Jason, that's you on Submit Hub then, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Hello. Very cool. Welcome. Yeah, we we're just talking about the similar artist feature you just added. I had noticed when I was submitting my most recent track that you were able to choose the artists. And then when you were looking at the curators, it would tell you like they've used this artist before and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I saw the email, so we wanted to cover that. So that's what we're talking about. But you can give us some great insight uh, if you want about that in the chat but yeah it just looks like a nice way to kind of include songs that are a little more uh out of a specific genre like you can say oh yeah it sounds like calm trues and boards of canada and then you can see if that fits in a playlist and when you're showing a curator they can kind of see that it's more in this 
sort of overarching similar style to artists. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a good idea. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. So I wanted to talk about it. Um, Ian, like, what do you think about it? And Jason, feel free to elaborate on it. I think it's good. There's a lot of a lot of people necessarily aren't great at um, at describing their music, especially the people that create it. And I think, you know, being I mean, you know, people like to compare something that they don't know to something that they do know. You know, this is an easier Mm -hmm. way of getting an idea of where to filter it. And let's face it, if you're going to submit and you don't submit to the right person, you're just playing them a track they're never going to like in the first place. You know, if if you can do anything to make that, that process, you know, works more smoothly, then, you know, it's going to benefit everyone. You wouldn't want to be one of these people, you know, saying you do, you, you're a lo-fi guy doing, you know, looking at playlists like that and you keep getting, you know, speed core tracks, sent to you it's just going to annoy the hell out of you isn't it so i suppose the the better we can filter these things you know the more likely it is that it's going to work better for everyone yeah and jason's adding some context i just want to add he says it's a work in progress but the idea is to try to balance out possible wrong wrong genre options today i actually added a waiting for approvals in the background and he said the similar stuff is analyzing two sources one Mm. The content of their playlists, if they have any, and two, uh, the historical approvals on SubmitHub. That's and cool. he said part two actually rolled out this afternoon on the back end. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Jason, this was yeah. a really cool ad when when I saw I saw I think the first part of it. I, I was submitting I think yesterday or two days ago, and it definitely let me choose similar artists mm-hmm. and um, and like had their pictures, like the UI that it's showing in this uh, link we're sharing. And then I was seeing like, oh, they've this playlist has added this artist before or something to that effect. Um, yeah. And he says, this is really cool. 2.6 million data points for the historical approvals. Wow. Yeah. It's a really cool addition. Uh, so I wanted to highlight mm. it. I like, it seems like it's kind of adding, like I was saying, just allowing for slightly different um, artists that just like finding the genres. Cause like Curtis, when he released his album was saying, um, how he couldn't really find a playlist that fit exactly what he thought his music was like. But I'm kind of thinking like if he can choose these artists that he feels he's similar to, that at least kind of gives him a better idea of seeing where he might fit in these playlists. Uh, he also says 5 million data points from the playlist. Yeah, lots of data. Okay. <laughs> I love the floodgates on that one. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah, Chris, what do you think? It's cool. Uh, again, uh, when I saw it in the dock here, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's mm. awesome. Um, again, I spoke about it when I was released my, when I released Maroon back in March, was it? I can't remember. Now. Um, the, um, I had a real struggle trying to kind of define what my work is. It's not psychedelic. It's not blues. It's not trip hop. It's a, not electronica. It's not down tempo. It's a bit of a mash of them all. So like, where am I going to go? And mm. I've been doing it. I've been doing this for a while and I have a steady job and I have income and I'm willing to make investments in uh, my music in that, in that regard, in terms of like putting down for credits and stuff like that, which are very reasonably priced. I also work with people who are just starting out that they might still be working or living at home with their parents might be teenagers and they don't have the funds to do this. So every credit counts. So to have a Mm. tool that, uh allows you to better spend those credits especially in the early days 
because I, I started out with Submit Hub, got disenchanted by it, and I've recently come back to it. I think it allows that better integration, so to speak. And I, so I, I applaud it. I welcome it. I think it's awesome in short. Oh, Jason also says they can also earn free premium credits on Hot or Not. Yeah, yeah. that's, I think, a newer-ish feature, correct, Jason? Uh, the the um, music world, yeah. Another yeah, question, and... though. I wonder if, I mean, does this come from a feature request from people who use it? Or is it, I mean, it's because it's from, you know, some good common sense thinking. Was it, did it come from internally or were these changes requested? I'd be interested to know. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And uh, Survey Channel had said that he had the same issues Curtis was talking about, gave up on SubmitHub, uh, but this is an interesting step. And then Jason adds that it's not going to solve all the problems. It still comes down to subjective taste in music and targeting. And yeah, that's nothing that SubmitHub can change because every curator has their own ideas of music and stuff like that. But I just think this is a really cool addition to the process. And Jason says that it's a bit of both, Eon Lake, to oh. your question. Thank you. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, Jason, we really appreciate you coming and uh, staying through. Sorry, I, at the intro, I had mentioned the Submit Hub being uh, near the end, but maybe you may have come on after or something. Um, I know since we're live, it happens, but uh, we appreciate you hanging out and staying on to answer some questions and talk yeah. about this. It's a really cool feature, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what else you roll out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's nice to see. It's very much welcomed. Uh, I'm very much in the same boat as uh, Survey Channel. It's a wonderful kind of way to go and stop wandering from room to room um find your niche find your corner we li we still live in a very anarchic form of the music industry where everything is so specific and playlists can't deviate and that's always going to be the way so it's nice that these tools have come in to kind of help us navigate that a bit easier i think that's lovely yeah and jason asked if he could clip some from this of course you can we Very can much. send you the once it's rendered on youtube we can send you the video as well if you'd like uh as long as you can if you can tag us we're uh at audionautic correct curtis on twitter uh, and Instagram. At yeah at audionautic on twitter and on instagram yeah the links are in the description uh jason if you want to check it out but yeah thanks so much for hanging out and talking yeah. uh it's really cool and uh thomas says i think it's a great new feature yeah definitely yeah, um so yes uh that's our marketing minute which was a bit longer than a minute this week but that was absolutely fine no worries at all. Yeah, it always is it always is yeah it's fine it's just the alliteration it's all about that alliteration yeah. uh, um uh who needs advertising standards when you have uh when you have alliteration <laughs> alliteration is uh, all you need <laughs> exactly exactly um so yeah um we come to our final piece for today, which is the round robin. This is the part of the show for anyone tuning in uh, for the first time, where we take a concept, take an idea, um, and we just kind of chew it over, hash it out. It can be something to do with the production process. It can be to do something with, say, the mental health of the music producer in this modern day and age. It can be about gear. It can be about strategies and whatnot. And this week, um, owing to the fact that some of our, I planned this ahead because I knew that he was buying a new computer. Um, that's that's some, good. That's good. Uh, uh, having some, order in a chaotic order. world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost like we speak every day and have a bit of a personal relationship, isn't it? Really? Um, <laughs> Just me. The, yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, the very simple um, laptop production versus computer production in the sense of a tower a fixed designated computer versus a laptop producer i have mm -hmm. always been a laptop producer i think i've done it since 
I may have ever produced on an actual computer, maybe for like six months back in the day, but I've always used laptops. I know, Eon Lake, you have a fully fledged computer, which stands there in your studio and you're on it now. In a way, I know you also like to go out in the world and do things. I have a laptop too. <laughs> oh, there we go. Why not both? Uh, maybe the answer is C. Yes. Um, so it always no, is, I think. It's never A or B. <laughs> but it is C. So, yeah, um, I wanted to talk about the pros and cons of each, maybe for someone kind of. Again, a lot of people in my world right now are making those choices. You know, if they're upgrading, how are they going to upgrade to? So maybe, you know, hashing out some of the pros and cons might be useful to someone at home. So um, who would like to kickstart for today? I'll go. Go. I would say do your research. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm under the impression, um, and you should probably do your research into this, that you get, you can get, more grunt for your money in the larger form factors so on a in a in a laptop notebook type sort of form factor you're going to be paying a little bit for miniaturization and you know the engineering going in to make something as small as it can be as thin as it can be and so on mm. and you know historically that's meant that if you buy something more desktop based you tend to get something that has more power or you know memory or whatever for the same amount of money now that's not necessarily the case you know this is driven by business and by consumerism and uh, there's certainly a lot more demand i think for for laptops and so on um so i guess it depends what you want out of it it's easier to get a nice big screen out of a desktop thing i use an imac in the studio but i have a um I've got a notebook as well that I'm going to be using for live. And it's, um, I'm not really swayed by the screen thing. It is useful if you're editing, but I don't want to make music in a way that involves the screen heavily. I want to have controls and, you know, use the screen as little as possible. I like the idea of having a laptop that you could sort of put away to the side and forget about until you need it. Maybe have one to connect to a big screen if you do need to do some editing. But I'd rather find fun ways of editing. I don't want to be cutting up waveforms on a screen. I'd rather be doing it on a on a piece of kit, on a sampler or something, you know, something where there's immediate turn something here, a difference sort of control. But, um, yeah, numbers of, numbers of ins and outs and so on as well. I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of being able to, to to do your stuff in the studio and then pick the laptop up and go and play. But at the same time, I would still have to do a load of changes anyway. It's not going to be, I run a lot of synths live sometimes when I'm mixing tracks down, you know, I'd have to record everything or take half of them with me. In a way it's simpler to have two separate setups. You know, the studio is fixed. Everything else moves, you know, Mm. Um, so I think it's pros and cons, really. It depends what you're after and what you need it for. And portability has got to be the big question. Yeah, do you need to be able to move it? Is it does it work better then? It is good to be able to have it wherever you go and be able to um, make music on the on the move. You know, we all like to do that. Best of both worlds, I suppose, to have you know a bit of both. But I suppose you know. A notebook, you know, a laptop can do both 
to a certain extent, whereas you're not going to be carting around a tower system with you anywhere, are you? I know a couple of people have, and I've never heard any good experiences from doing it. So mm. yeah. I, had a, I had a friend who moved. Well, I had a friend who moved from uh, Vietnam to Mexico, and he carted that across the world. Um, because he's a he's not a musician; he's an editor, and he does a lot of like Photoshop and stuff like that, and uh, Premiere Pro and edits and stuff like that. And you know, he made the investment, and he said it was worst thing he'd ever done and there's <laughs> I, and like so i mean i, I love the pieces it's great but i mean you know you can these days you can do those kind of things on a laptop but i'm gonna shut up and talk from my and not talk about my view of things until we've heard all about some author's new setup and this wonderful idea that he's got well i i mean i don't know if it'll work perfectly but it's kind of out of necessity that i have to create some sort of hybridity between hybridity. having nice. Yeah, well, thank you. English, uh, that you, right? Yeah, the English teacher. <laughs> thank you for the praise. That, that means a lot. Um, <laughs> I need to have like this setup for when I really need to get in the monitors, the gear, all that stuff, but I'm going to need to be in the house more and things like that. So I was like, I need something that kind of be hopefully the best of both worlds, or at least do what I need it for portably and do what I need it for in here. So the laptop, I got the M2 MacBook Pro has three USB-C inputs. So not the greatest amount of inputs, right? But my plan is to get a dock that's through USB-C, that's like the highest speed I can get and connect, basically have everything that's connected to this desktop at the moment connect to that dock. And then just with one USB-C cable plug into the laptop. So when I need to be desktop mode, I'm here and I've got a screen. The dock would have HDMI that goes to a screen, right? So everything is just in this dock that's basically the tower of the laptop. And then all I have to do when I need to go back in the house or go travel, do something like that, unplug, and I've got the laptop. Now I won't have the gear, but like you were saying, Ian, like when you need the gear, well, I just come in here and do it. But when I don't, I still have all the soft sense, all the plugins and things like that. And so I'm, I'm basically right. going to create a logic template that has all the MIDI connects to the gear. And then that'll just be when I open Logic to make a song or anything, it's all set up if I'm in here to just be connected to this. Now, latency is going to be the question. I'm not sure where that's going to happen. If I need to, I will. I still have three inputs and a charger. Luckily, this new Mac has the charger separate, like a separate charger that's not a USB-C. So I'll still have three. So if there's something like, let's say the SP needs to be more direct, I can plug that in on its own, but I'm hoping that with the faster speed dock that's USB-C and 3.0 mm -hmm. and stuff, it'll work. And Thomas gives some encouragement. He says the uh, the M2 is going to kill it. Yeah, I want to know that Diva test. That's what I really want to know. Mm -hmm. that, that's the true mark of whether it's going to work or not. Mark. And I'm totally joking, but that's going to be fun. But um, yeah, so it's kind of like trying to find a way to bridge this gap. Like I have this Dollis setup that's connected all through MIDI to the computer. So it's Dollis and can be on its own. But then I can also just send a ton of MIDI to everything and have it as separate channels into the... So that's what got me thinking about this hybrid laptop setup was this hybrid dollar setup. So I'm hoping it'll work. You guys will know week in, week out, if you tune in every week, how it's progressing. I'll keep you posted. But the next step is, well, first getting the rest of my plugins plugged in or in the laptop. And then, yeah, it's going to start figuring out all of this stuff. A couple things before we go to Curtis. And Ian, like if you had a question or something, but uh, Frequency Control Center said, I already had a huge beast of an iMac for design work in the studio, so it made sense to use that. 
two mm -hmm. huge screens is a big plus. But thinking of migrating to laptop for live stuff. Yeah, I mean, the laptops, you can do at least one screen with the docks. You might be able to get to. Um, and, and this MacBook has an HDMI output. So because uh, I think my old one might not have. But I know in between my 2015 yeah. and the 2023, they took out a lot of connectivity. And then it seems like they're kind of adding it back in. There's a headphone input in the new they one. Did, which they did a wave for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then survey channel says, uh, feels like I have no time for either approach anymore. Hardware cluttering me and software out the wazoo. And he says, thought about building a rack mount desktop, but I don't play enough to justify it. Yeah. Mm. That's tough. I, I guess, I mean, in my opinion, it's kind of just like we were talking about with the gear when David mentioned there's too much gear. It's like finding those few pieces you really love mm. and just making something work out of that. And then when you need the more expansive approach, you can have it. That's like my view. Ian, like, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just saying, I was just going to say I'm doing a little bit of that with the with the live setup. I've got um, things all connected into a dock that I just pull out of the thing when I need to take the uh, laptop out of the the rig. So you know, push and the SP four hundred four, and I've got an OP one as well. They're all connected up, but I just have to pull the MacBook out and yeah, you know. Leave it there. I'm going to plug it I, in next time. I did want to ask if anybody has doc recommendations, Ian, like if you have one or anything. Uh, I'm, no, I'm looking into it. I'm doing some right, low latency audio one. No, my one's yeah. just, uh, it's more of like a, an interface expander than like a decent. I got you, yeah. Doc. Yeah. But yeah, if anybody has any recommendations, just post them in the mm -hmm. chat. Or if you're watching this after or on Apple or Spotify, just put it in either the comments on YouTube or on Spotify, there'll be the uh, question. So I'll, I'll put that for the question and then we'll have a poll for, uh, for this as well, asking whether you like laptop, desktop, or see both. Curtis, what about you? What's your take on all this? Uh, before, uh, before you talk to me, survey channel, put something in the, in the, in the chat. Put that oh, in. well, let's see what he's got. I'm trying to slim down for the one live show I'm playing, but it entails getting any soft synth parts onto my deep mind which is time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. Bit, Have you, uh, so are you trying to emulate them with the deep mind? Um, like for me, when I did some live sets, I just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to use this patch that's similar to multiple tracks patches and just do it with that. Cause that was just a way to work around it. Um, but yeah, let us know. Curtis, what about you? Uh, I think it, in a similar vein, I think it comes down to what your needs are. Uh, and kind of how your lifestyle like mm -hmm. you, you, it has to get in with your lifestyle we all know it's not all about the music and we know that it's you know everything that you're doing i think uh, someone said it on twitter the other day maybe it was rick i don't know but he said like you know these things taking a break from music and the things outside of the music studio these are all things that feed back into your music and therefore they're important the device that you're using to make music must complement your existence uh, your existing existence uh, how's that for alliteration um, oh man <laughs> um, if you could say it again that's the real test um existing existence <laughs> okay. uh, I'll try that. Uh, existing existence but yeah um so for example i've always done a laptop because i've always been slightly nomadic in the sense that i've never really up until up until i moved to hanoi uh, I, I mean, in Hanoi, I was moving a lot, but generally speaking, throughout my life, I've generally moved around quite a lot, and I don't want to be lugging stuff around. To to this day, everything I have can be fit inside one suitcase. 
I don't, I, and I have, I have two suitcases, one for my stuff and then one for my gear. And then that's it. And that's all I have. So that's kind of the rule I live my life by. Right. So I, it doesn't make sense that I'd have a tower. So I've just got a really powerful laptop and that suits me because then, you know, I can do stuff here. And in a similar vein, I can go work in a cafe. I can go to work and I can work in the booth. I can plug into a studio somewhere else. You know, I can do it anyway. I like that flexibility. That flexibility works for me. Does it mean that I sacrifice computer power? Yes. Does it mean that I have to make sacrifices in terms of screen size? Yes. Am I okay with it? You bet you. I have no regrets here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Even when I moved to the specific, when I moved to Ableton and moved to this laptop, this, this, I've got this big second screen here, which once upon a time was my main screen. But now, since I've been doing more live stuff, I do everything on this small screen. And it's actually teaching me to go more with like touch and with feel and kind of like glances as opposed to squinting and everything like that, you know. Mm -hmm. So, which plays into it. But at the same time, if you're someone like who, who is not a, shaven chimp like me and likes to move around and likes to stay in a place and then you know that that investment in a decent computer or a mac mini or something like that that is good you know that kind of thing that, that's what works you know so for me it's always about a lifestyle choice and yeah. how that works for you um obviously do your specs in terms of like ram and things like that but if, I mean, if you're making your first beats you don't need i've got a nitro 5 with like 32 gig of ram and ssd and all that stuff and i spent a, i made a huge investment you don't need to do that you can just have like a little you know, eight gig, sixteen gig, um, HP that I had over there, for example. Like, do your research for your text, but also see how is it going to complement your existence. Because you don't, you know, if it's going to be a problem, then if it's causing, we always say when we when we want to come to Joe's about entering that flow state and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. if your software, or even sorry, if your hardware, if your brain, your computer is causing you issues, then that's kind of stopping you being creative. That's where you kind of, for me at least, that's kind of where the impetus is. That's the main thing. Yeah, definitely. Just a couple other things in the chat. Um, Survey Channel says, yeah, he's trying to emulate everything onto the deep mind. He's yet to try the approach I was mentioning. Yeah, one thing you could do, like if you have a pad, but you also need more percussive chords, you could just use that same patch, but have the attack be different or something. But, and yeah, Thomas was saying, and I was going to mention that as well. He says, uh, when I did live shows with the band years ago, I sampled every sound into Ableton Sampler and ran everything from the DAW. I was going to mention you could take those soft synths and sample multiple notes or a couple notes through each octave or just C from each octave and put it in a sampler and transpose those notes to fit the full uh, keyboard. And then you'd have that synth as a sample pack, basically, but that you could run live with MIDI with just a couple samplers or something if you're using a DAW live. Um, yeah. Oh, but he says he's trying to cut out the DAW. So, yeah. But the survey channel says that he uses Reaper. Does Reaper have a sampler? I would assume it might, but there's probably some free samplers that you can get. But survey channel, let us know. Hmm. But yeah, Curtis, know. that's that's the best point. I mean, it's just it really does depend on lifestyle and like what you need it for. Hmm. Yeah, SP four hundred four survey channel. You could do that. I I know the the OG four hundred four doesn't have that chromatic mode, but if it did. You could do that, but you could just put a couple of notes or even chords from each song on each pad, like one per pad, and just trigger those live, something like that. That's always a fun one to do. I did that for a live set recently. Very much so. Um, we'd like to know what you guys think. Obviously, the chat's been quite alive today, and it's been really nice. If you are happening to be 
hang on, let me get my grammar correct here, Mr. English teacher. If you happen <laughs> to be listening to this show on repeat on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, there's a lot more of you these days, which is lovely to see. So thank you very much. And if you are listening to this or watching on Spotify, in that case, let us know. There, There is a poll, which I assume some author will put up when he... I shall. Like, Unless shall. I completely forget, but I, I intend to. <laughs> <laughs> the intention it is there. It should be bro. there. <laughs> Should be there. Let us know and let us know in the Discord. We'd love to see this. This is it. It's an it's, it is another classic. I know we had a classic one last week and we got a bit of a classic one this week, but it it is something that for a lot we are getting a lot of like new producers coming through. And like it's interesting to have these discussions, even for revision sake. Again, Mr. Teacher over here, it is good to revise and have a look at these thinkings. Like, where are you coming from? What do you need? Because you know, we get so caught up in what we think is the advanced techniques of music and synthesis. These basic questions are really fundamental to go through. And so, yeah, we'd like to know what you think as well. Yeah. And if you are watching on Apple or Spotify, consider leaving a rating if you enjoyed the video or the episode and uh, a review too is always helpful. It just helps get to new eyes and ears and we really appreciate it. But of course, just hang out is definitely more than enough. Um, yeah, like, what do you got going on this week? Anything? What am I doing? I'm putting together a little ambient set for a, a friendly radio show. Ooh, that's exciting. That'll nice. there sometime in June, I think. Um, and other than that, yeah, fiddling around with VSTs and then going to sod it and going with hardware instead because it's easier, which is not something I thought I would find, but... Yeah, I need one good synth voice for me to use, and I want to be able to control it and which sound it is. And if it means I have to take the microfreak or something like that, then I'll do that. Yeah. And oh. Curtis, what about you? What's going on this week? Um, it's a good question. I'm going to. I've been making a lot of live stuff recently. Um, I've been I've been getting into more consistent live streaming. I've been making little like live loops and bops and stuff like that. I think it's time to start going back to those projects with a fresh set of ears and start to produce them. And, you know, I've got live versions off the bat and I think I'm also going to do some produced ones and start creating some more content, not content. Uh, as a Freudian content. Uh, but you know what I mean? I, 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 it's, it's time to start kind of, I've got things to release, but I've got to keep creating and keep producing. And it's not all about the creation aspect. You've got sometimes got to go back and I'm always a stippler for, building loops and building a track but then going ah i'll just build another one because that's where the dopamine is and that's <laughs> you know my adhd brain is like give me that dopamine so it's time to go back and do some production do some sound design and get into it i think so, yeah. mm-hmm. um what about you sam Wolper? <sighs> my plug-in existential <laughs> crisis aside i've got uh i had a lot of fun last week with that stem separation video i separated yeah. the stems from a curtis track and uh, remixed it in Serato Studio. And then I was doing some stuff in Koala Sampler. I, I, since it was my YouTube video, I didn't want to use like another song, but I took samples from my, I stem separated my song and took the drums and like chopped them up and reworked it to make like what was a synthwave track into a boom bap trap. Mm. And then tomorrow I've got my little pocket operator video coming out. It's the pocket yeah. operator. I sampled into it, chopped it up, threw it into the SP and then add a guitar on top. So just fun stuff. I'll be going live next week. So if you do subscribe to me on YouTube, you'll see some polls. So if you want to help decide what I'm making for the next live stream, just choosing that poll. I'm, I'm debating if anybody has genres and gear suggestions, 
let me know either in the chat while we're still live. Uh, do you guys, the two of you, have any gear? I'm thinking a sample flip on the SP or something with the circuit. Doom ambient? Yeah, doom ambient. That's when you I say doom, do you mean like doom metal? Yeah, <laughs> like doom metal ambient. <laughs> I That would be with fun. aspects of dub. <laughs> oh, I would. Okay, I will do that, but at a later date because I can't play guitar long enough to do that justice yet. But that would be fun with the SP to throw those like big, long, reverbed out, distorted guitars. Yeah, surf drone. Okay, that that could be one. That could be one. How would you define surf though? It's just the Beach Boys with the reverb. It's just like sample the Beach Boys and get copyright struck immediately. We probably yeah. just got we we just got copyright struck for mentioning their name. Yeah, looks like there's a lot of surf. All right, give me your definition of surf, guys, and then you can tell, I'll, you can I'll, tell I'll... he's from California, can't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. I live here my whole life. <laughs> yeah, um, and I just want to cover two. We had a couple of people mentioning what they've been up to. Bendu says that uh, he hasn't pulled the trigger yet on a new laptop. He's a bit bogged down trying to choose an interface for live use. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Do you have any you... choices you're you're weighing, Bendu? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Use an uh, SP four hundred four like me. That's the way to do it. That's all you need. You can um, connect it with USB for MIDI and all that stuff. So it's yeah. you can control uh, what's it called synths and things with it. It has the chromatic mode, so you can choose scales to trigger. Like I want minor, major. It's it's pretty powerful. But, you know, I'll, I'll never not sing the praises of the SP-404, as you know. <laughs> that ends super massive. Yeah, of I, I, I wanted Would you believe I haven't downloaded that yet? Have you not? No. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I really want to it, then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll be using this rig for the live stream. Mm. Not the... I, that's one thing I don't need another headache for, trying to incorporate that. But with that, I'm going to be able to use my phones as the camera. So I'll have multiple, much higher quality cameras than uh, the one that I've been using for live streams. But yeah, I think Surf Ambient's going to be one of the options. So if you guys really want that, check for the vote on Sunday. That's when it's going to start. I just want to live. I want to visit. I don't want to live. I want to visit an alternative reality where you don't like the SP404. I don't want to see. <laughs> I'm like an MPC fan or something. Yeah, no, so even like the, the darkest timeline. All I talk about is Ableton. <laughs> i would love to see that, I would love to see that. was yeah. it uh was it spock in the in the original series that when they went to the mirror universe he just had a goatee i'd be yeah. clean shaven and, <laughs> and just talk about ableton <laughs> okay so we've got some definition of surf evoking the sounds of crashing waves maybe i'll throw some waves into the sampler if that's what gets mm -hmm. voted for because i did rain in the last one so yeah so Bendu's looking at the Universal Audio or a Motu. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Mm -hmm. Those are his top picks. And uh, Survey Channel says that the Audient is solid. I don't know any of those. So yeah, I'm just mm -hmm. reading off. But Bendu says it's uh, it's tough trying to anticipate future needs. And I'm well, assuming this yeah. is for the Ableton, but Frequency Control Center says no. <laughs> I'd say that. Um, <laughs> very much. Uh, I'd like to see. So yeah. Um, Oh god! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then I have to use this one because I don't know if my my waves subscription or not subscription. God no! But uh, if my waves plugins will translate over to the new one, yeah, we'll see. You got to get a voice sample in there, something like a Hang Ten or a Whoa. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Find me a sample and give it. But again, that has to be what wins the vote because I like it. Everyone the go decide. vote. The people decide. Go vote. So I like it. 
Um, we will be back next week with more fun, more news, more round robins, more marketing, and more chats and shenanigans and lots of bollocks as well, I imagine, because that's what we do best. Um, thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we'd love chatting with you guys and seeing what you're up to. Um, yeah, we will see you next week. Samuel, have you got anything to add to that? Just if you're looking for any new music, you can head to the playlist link in the description. Oh. The Audionautic Radio playlist it's got the latest in um, ambient, electronic, chill, independent artists. Uh, our label mate, Frequency Control Center, is on there and a bunch of other tunes. And if you have anything you want to submit, just send it either to me on Instagram or Twitter or to the Audionautic Twitter. Um, and yeah, we'll go from there. Ian, like anything you want to add? No, just thanks to everyone in the chat, keeping us company as usual, keeping it lively. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, thanks for watching and we'll see you next week.